Welcome to Common Science. This is Aiden, and this is the podcast where we ask questions and we learn more about the world. And this week, I have Ronnie on as a guest, and he can introduce himself a bit more. But I'm going to start off by just saying that Ronnie is located in Uganda. He's from Uganda, and he's an entrepreneur. He's super passionate about education amongst many other uh, topics too. So we'll learn more about him this week and and what kind of drives him. And I'd love to hear Ronnie then uh, from you. Uh, So we've got him up up on the Zoom and I'd love to hear more about uh, your story, uh, where, so like what what your education was like, uh, what you're up to now. Um, Yeah, what, what drives you? What are you excited about? Thank you so much, Aiden. I'm very, very glad to be here on this podcast. Uh, it's amazing uh, that we can now connect with the world uh, from Uganda as seated here in Kampala, and um, I'm, I'm able to speak to the world uh, via this podcast uh, to my friends and uh, to you, Aiden, and uh, people who listen to this podcast. Um, I'm called Ronald Tumsime. Um, born and raised in Uganda, uh, that is in Africa. Some people think Africa is one country. Uh, Africa is 54 countries and Uganda is one of them. Um, uh, I was raised in a very rural and remote area uh, in a district called Chibale. Uh, that's where my mom comes from, my mom's side. And uh, my dad's side is also from Western Uganda, which is also where Chivale is, uh, which is called Toro. Now, my mom is from Bunyoro side. My dad is from Toro side. So all these are in uh, Western Uganda. And these are some of the things that make Uganda uh, such a unique uh, place and Africa in general, such a unique uh, continent. Uh, We have so many different kind of, um, I would say, tribes, languages, and all that. So born, raised in Uganda and in this rural, remote area, I didn't see my dad uh, before I was born. My dad passed on, so I didn't have any time with my dad. And uh, so I lived with my mom all through. And we lived in this uh, small district in Chivale in Western Uganda. What was um, your... Uh... Sorry to interrupt, but what was your, so what you grew up with your mom and uh, I also want to say, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that about your father. Um, and yeah, what was, what was your education like growing up in this like rural city? How did you make it to the big city? Yes. Um, my education has been progressive from the, the village. That's the rural cities to now to the big city, what I can call the big city, because right now I stay and work in Kampala, which is the capital city of Uganda. But I started my primary school from uh, this rural area called Chivale. And then we move a little bit to another extreme end of the country that is in the East, where my stepmom, my stepdad uh, had uh, his employment at. So we moved to the East, was in the army. So they always had to move him. So we moved to the east of, of the country where I also did my secondary school. Um, and then I did also move to 
the West again in Kavale and um, did some school uh, in university there and finally did my MBA, that's my master's postgraduate uh, in Kampala here. So that's how my education has been evolving and uh, moving from one place to another, uh, especially in Uganda. We, the, the child is raised by many people. So the education is supported by many people. Where the support is, is where you go. You know, <laughs> where someone is supporting you at is where you be. So that's how mostly uh, I've been moving in my education. Yeah, the, the point there about a child uh, is raised by many people. It takes a village that's so, so true across, yeah. across the world. Um, wow. And yeah, that's been my experience as well in terms of uh, education and, and, and learning and, and advancing myself. Um, yeah, so what, was your, what were you up to outside of, uh, obviously you did a lot of learning, you've done your bachelor's, your master's, and you're still learning, um, but what else have you been up to? Like yes, profes- uh, professionally or personally? Yes, uh, thank you so much. Again, as you do all this learning in school, there is a lot that you learn along the way, and especially, entrepreneurship because one way for you to be able to achieve and have a good education in Uganda, in Africa in general, and I think all across the world is you have to hustle about so many things to make ends meet, to make the school fees come through. So that's been uh, the, the journey and that in itself has been the greatest, one of the greatest learning experience, experiences that I've have had uh, along my education. In these movements, uh, when someone is supporting you with education, you also have to supplement. Even when I was a child in, in, in primary school, I had to supplement. And I learned so quickly that the only time you can make money is when you're selling something. That's a principle I learned from when I was a little boy uh, in my primary school, that the only time you can make money in this world is when you're selling something. So it's been one thing that has led to another, but that's been the foundation of, of, of my professional life. And that's been something that uh, has tagged me into a, a real, a, an entrepreneurial person because every time it's, it's about making, you know, ends meet, making the education possible. You have to sell something. You have to do something. You have to be able to sell yourself. You have to be able to sell something to earn something. So. Yeah, that's been the, the journey. And professionally going uh, from my education, I worked, uh, actually my very first work was uh, in Kabale. Uh, I started off as, a, as an accounts assistant because I was good with the economics and the accounting bit. Uh, and that is in, uh, with Dr. Geoffrey Anguyo. And I know I didn't know Dr. Geoffrey in Chefo. That is in 2010. Uh, that's when I started actually doing my first kind of um, employed or um, work, which was official. So I've grown through the ranks and um, yes, I've done the accounting professionally. Uh, I've studied uh, accounting and um, I'm an accountant by profession. Uh, I've studied economics. I've done entrepreneurship. One most important thing that I did in Kavali that I'm so proud of was uh, what we call the youth uh, the Chepo Youth Center, which I started. That was my first 
uh, organization that I founded. Um, and this all came through understanding what a, a real young person go through in Africa. And my passion was always to try and give them a platform uh, to do something on, on their own to you know, expose them, especially to opportunities. Um, the real reason why I started this Care for Youth uh, Center in, 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 in Kabale, that was in 2016, uh, uh, and no, in, 2000, in 2012, sorry, that was to be able to start a, a platform where youth can come and access information, but also uh, get opportunities like scholarships, um, expose them to know uh, opportunities that are available for them. How can you sell your commodities and teach them how to live life and hustle through life? So that was one of the biggest achievements that I achieved when I was starting my professional life. Uh, the Triple Youth Center still exists even up to now in Kabale, though I'm not there and running it, still being run and it's growing. Well, we did a film academy there. So I then went and started film and recording. Uh, um, so that's how the profession has been going. And to pause you uh, for a moment there and provide a little bit more context to our listeners. So Chehefo, the first organization you started working for, um, they're, they're pretty focused. Like what is their mission um, and what is their focus? And then what was like, what was the lead up to starting a youth center with that organization? Um, like, did the idea what did the idea just come to you and you wanted to uh, then go ahead and get people on board and how did you get people on board like what was that process like yeah thank you so much yeah cheerful uh, that is Shigezi Healthcare Foundation uh, if if you want you can just Google it down there and you find it it's one of the most amazing places that I've been and I think one of the most amazing places anyone can go to. Uh, this is an organization, a local and international NGO that has evolved and that's supporting communities in the southwestern Uganda, and they're doing tremendous work. Um, their focus is on, you know, preventing and controlling disease, uh, also uh, ignorance, stopping ignorance, and, um, uh, and teaching and young people, and also uh, giving uh, platforms to the young people. So it it's from the leader actually, Dr. Joffrey, because I was so close to Dr. Joffrey uh, when I started working with CFO. He supported me very much in my education and uh, I was very, very close to him. So I learned everything from him. He's so passionate about community. And so, uh, he's so passionate about helping people, you know, realize their potentials. He's, I think is my biggest mentor, my biggest inspiration in everything I do right now. So he he's the leader, he's the uh, the founder of Chigeze Healthcare Foundation, uh, and me starting the Ch Ch Chepo Youth Center, he inspired me to do that. He said, "You love the youth, you are passionate about the youth." He gave me the platform, he gave me the space, he gave me the connections that I needed. You know, he made things easy for me, but. He knew that my passion, he knew where my passion was and he directed me there, exactly. That's how we started now the film school uh, in Kamale, which has later recorded and done films that have gone on to win even awards at, uh, in the film 
industry here in Uganda. So it's it's been progress uh, over progress, uh, and it's Dr. Geoffrey and cheerful that you know has inspired so many of these things and so many people me included. That's that's super awesome, and that just uh, that just emphasizes to me the importance of having a mentor, kind of pushing you uh, to realize some of your your dreams and some of your uh yeah just uh operations and and initiatives that's super uh just super striking to me uh i would also so just again to provide a little more context kabale so you went then to kabale and which is not the capital city of uganda because uganda is a big country right uh, how many how many people are in Kabale and in Kampala, which is the capital? Correct. Oh yeah, uh, Kampala. Uh, our the, the, the recent um, information we have shows that we have about eight million people living in Kampala. That's that's quite a number of people. Uh, it's it's it's, a, it's not a very big city, but you know it's it's a it's a city, and everyone wants to be in the city. So yeah. Uh, while Kabale has, I can say roughly, I'm not very, I don't have the figures of my fingertips, but roughly Kabale would be like half a million people living down there. And um, yeah, so compared to Kabale and Kampala, Kampala has a greater number because it's the city, it's where the opportunities are, and that's where people are looking for the opportunities. Sure. Yeah. Um, man, yeah, that's that's wild to me. So uh yeah something that i've noticed just is that in the u.s many people are pretty obviously like you mentioned uh they some people think that africa is one country um and it's huge and there's uh huge numbers of people living in these cities and i mean eight million people in kampala alone that's more than the state of minnesota um so that's just yeah. wild to know um and yeah. and yeah, it's good. Good to know and good to educate. Uh, yeah. As a, an audience member, being from the U U.S., who uh, didn't have as much knowledge of of this, um, but then you went to Kabale and started a film school. What was what was that like? And and was it more focused on the youth and like a continuation of your excitement for the youth, or or what was what drove you there? Yeah, so the film school was focused on the youth also. So my my passion was to create a platform for the youth to do anything they want to do. I mean, come in, uh, get access to information, get access to scholarship. Let's help you, uh, you know, get an education uh, in any way we can. Let's help you get access to what you, sh the tools you need in life. Then uh, while I was doing that, I met one other gentleman who came to the place uh, to the youth center and liked film. And, and I realized that uh, he told me how film really impacted his life. And this guy is still in Kabali, he's still doing film. He's my good, very, very good friend of mine. It's called James King Majenzi, who is doing very good films and has produced many films down there. I'm like, why not? Let's uh, establish this so we combine efforts and then created an, a film school. Of course, I had to go and study film. So I had to come to Kampala, study, immediately understand how film works and, you know. So I went back and did this 
uh, created this platform where youth can come and you know act because that's another opportunity that has not been fully exploited uh, in Africa. And of course, the passion was also to tell the stories of the young people, you know, through through film. Uh, film will be another landscape, uh, another platform that you can give uh, the young people to tell their stories, to tell the African stories actually to the world and make money off it, uh, but also be able to expose Africa to the world. So that has been and continues to be the vision for this particular film school, uh, which is still uh, existing in Kawale and still producing a little bit films locally for local market, but we want to accelerate it to something bigger, you know, that can go uh, to the world. Yeah, when you say uh, something that strikes me too is so with both the film school and the youth center, you mentioned that it's still still operating today, and that yeah. just stresses the importance of sustainability uh, in in entrepreneurship. I mean, beyond obviously the whole uh, like environmental uh, like arguments for sustainability. So yeah, I was I was curious how how have you found sustainability in these organizations while being able to move on to other uh, other passion passion projects and businesses and, and whatnot? One thing that I've learned uh, through the journey of entrepreneurship is setting up a business is one thing. Making a business work is a totally another thing. So it's very important for you to be passionate about whatever you're setting up. You know, so what has sustained this among many things is the passion that we have for the young people that I have and the people that are around me uh, that really support and uh, know that this is something that Ronald likes and would love to see prospering. So it is, it is amazing how businesses uh, start and then fail. Uh, mostly it's, yes, there could be passion, but it's, it's a whole dynamic uh, uh, venture to explore because if you're passionate about something, then every step leads you, you know, into sustaining your dream. So because I can't be, I can't say I, I'm into medicine, for example, or, or I'm, into, I'm into studying human life or no, I'm, I'm just passionate about giving young people a platform. So whatever... And that my direction has been uh, into that, you know, in whatever I do, in whatever I, I, I get to. So somehow each thing I do adds uh, to this particular first thing that I started. And that is very, very crucial because this is really what I'm passionate about. Of course, along the way, you find some other things in there, but all of that has a foundation and that's your passion. So uh, sustainability is crucial. Uh, creating, of course, relationships uh, with people who can support you is very important. Uh, for businesses, you need to be able to sell out there. Uh, your product has to be seen and all that. But I believe passion is the foundation for every business, for everything that you can do. Absolutely. Um, where did that, where did that pa passion take you then next? So you started the when was when did you step away from the the film school or have you? Yeah, I've not stepped away, but I'm not like fully involved right now. 
uh, I just keep looking out for opportunities and James is running this uh, in Kavale. And um, what made me step away, maybe I can say, I had to move to Kampala uh, when I started my uh, master's degree. Uh, that was in 2016, 2017. So I had to move uh, to Kampala where I'm, I was going to study. And the reason why I wanted to study this uh, master's degree is because I, I, I'm still passionate about the young people and entrepreneurship and uh, try to learn more about you know, business. And um, so I went and did an MBA in, in Kampala. So that's why I, I had to leave Kavali, uh, unfortunately, around 2017. Uh, but I've been going, I go back and forth. I mean, it's easy to, 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 to move. It's about uh, now five hours journey away from Kampala. It's, uh, it's quite a, a very hectic journey, but yeah, on the bus. Yeah, so uh, I move there occasionally and uh, check on the people there and uh, support them uh, with the new knowledge that I've learned from the MBA and, and the experiences that I've gained in Kampala and the opportunities that I've been exposed to. That's awesome. And now that you're, so you, you've been in Kampala since you started your MBA. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what have you been up to? When did you graduate? And then, and then what have you been up to since? I know we, you have a whole, whole bunch of projects that we can, we can get yeah. uh, started on, but um, yeah, uh, in, a, in a few short moments, what have you been up to since? Yeah. So since I came to Kampala, one, I got a family in Kampala. That's the most amazing thing. So I left Kampala without a family. So now I have a family, I have a daughter, I have a wife. So that, that, that's one of the things that I've been up to. Family is quite a real work to do, yeah. But uh, I've also started um, uh, and I founded uh, a consultancy uh, that is called Zoinet Consult Limited. Um, and this is also still passionate about uh, young people and uh, startups, especially uh, because while I was doing my MBA, I, I, I got a job to, to work with a microfinance bank. And, and, and I realized that there's so many young people who were left out in many ways. They, they couldn't access the money. It was, I was a loans officer and I was giving out the money to these young people. That to, to the people, but the young people couldn't access the money, you know? So very brilliant ideas came to me, to my table every day, and I would see them coming. And these guys just needed some support, you know, to start something. You know, these are brilliant ideas which can make them money, but no support because they didn't have one. They didn't have the collateral. The, the banks require you to have a collateral. They didn't have a lot of other restrictive uh, things that the bank requires you to have. So while I was there, that's, uh, I spent there two years and I was so bored. I was like, no, I need to leave this because my passion was driving into these young people because the young people are out there and they don't understand that you can use also what you have you know, to build on that, especially if you have passion. Because I started, for example, yes, I had a lot of support from Dr. Anguyo, but all these things I've started from Kabale and many other business ventures that I've not even talked about was just because of passion and even because of leveraging the resources that are around you. So that's when I started the uh, Zoinet uh, consultancy. 
which gives you know consultant services to the young people who have startups that are stalling, especially because they don't have money. So I understand that many people, when you're starting up your startup, uh, so many times you cannot employ a finance advisor. You cannot employ, you know, you don't have the money anyway to, to even start your business. So, so now this consultancy gives uh, these people, the young people, some of these services at a relative very low cost or at free. Uh, most of the services are very free. Startups that are also established, we give them like at a very low cost. So, and how we do our thing is we come into your startup and establish finance and administration systems for you. And so that you can run on your own and train someone within the organization, either the founder or one of the colleagues that you have and you're working with, so that they learn the most and the most important basic. Uh, skill of finance management because the reasons why most of the startups fail, uh, especially in Uganda and in Africa, is the best that people don't have the best discipline to manage finances. Even the small monies they have, they end up you know misusing them. So it's it's a bridge that I saw, it's a need that I saw that needs to be really done, and uh, people need help in. So that's what we've been doing um, since then. I've been going over and over, we've been growing also because most of the work we are doing is voluntary work. So we've not been mostly paid. So go in and try to establish these uh, steps for the startups, you know, finance management steps. There are so many free uh, finance management softwares. People don't even know about them. So many free administration management softwares that people can get on. And there are also some good ones which people can invest in. So we'll bring in some of those advisors and even help you to start from scratch, you know, start with the small resources that you have with you and manage them. So that's what I've been up to. I might need to give you a call for the for the for this this podcast. Uh, we've been we've been it's been a work in progress as in the financial systems department but um yeah that's awesome to hear and super important and uh incredible work so ronnie we've heard a lot about your your work and and all the different uh passion projects and businesses you've uh been involved with i was curious you mentioned family um your wife and your daughter uh what have you been doing for fun uh, outside of work? Thank you so much, Aiden. And um, yes, uh, the coronavirus, the corona pandemic has really been uh, you know, a disservice to all of us. Uh, uh, fun moments have been cut uh, very many times. You can't, you can't meet so many friends in one place and go for a party or something. Yeah, but um, as I said, I go out with my daughter, that's my four-year-old daughter called Zoe. Um, we go out a lot. She On the weekends, she loves to swim. Uh, so we go out a lot to swim uh, on that. And I also play chess. So I love to play chess uh, a little bit and play pool table. Uh, I also do, I love pool. When, 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 when I meet you, we have to play a game of chess and see who wins. Uh, um uh, uh so that's um and i also love to read I, i've been passionate uh i discovered this um 
app called um I want to find it's called Blick uh Blick Blicklist uh Blick uh Blicklist yeah it's it's amazing and if if anyone from Blicklist is listening should uh, <laughs> should um tell the people down there that you're doing an amazing uh job uh, I listen to the Blick uh, the Blicks uh, all the time um uh and um i also read a lot i'm studying also so much about the history of africa uh which is also amazing uh mostly youtube you know listening to youtube and uh, yeah listening to these books over the youtube yeah if you had to recommend um just a couple books on on the history of africa for somebody curious to learn more whether they be from africa yeah. or from elsewhere what would you recommend I've been, I've been listening so much about the the history uh of africa or via youtube uh but uh there are so many books uh, about the history of africa uh one of them is um this book i i i found from um the down is it down the name is just running out um darwin kind of uh, uh discovery of africa so uh and that's one of the books that i've been listening recently um and it's been amazing so um, yeah. nothing in general like it's been about listening about the audios and um, um but nothing like Uh, a general book um yeah. but there is this particular it's a science kind of thing of darwin uh, about uh, human evolu- evolution of africa and uh, listing the history of evolution from africa so yeah that's that's one of the things uh that that i would recommend to people to to read but also there is the one of the women women uh who rule the world something like that it's also a book about africa so it's uh it's also a good a good one to read yeah okay yeah we'll definitely uh have to link those for our listeners and um yeah and and if they're curious they can explore more mm-hmm. um yeah so you talk a lot about the history um of africa and and your story and um I mean now you've talked a bit about uh in our past conversations you've talked a bit about like the potential for 3D printing um in in Uganda as well as uh a lot of like learning computer science and and just the potential there um for new applications and new businesses to form and and looking forward what would you say is your your dream for uh Uganda and I mean for yourself um yeah yes i think that's the best question that i always like to, to, to hear but yeah it's very it's very amazing about uh the science that is happening all around the world you know the applications i just mentioned blinkest um which is just a, a good application to have by anyone so but in uganda in africa 
these things are just starting to happen in reality. Uh, people are starting to see that you can actually have an application that makes your life easy, you know, your work easy, uh, and they're starting to, uh, you know, enter into that kind of uh, entrepreneurship and science. And there's a lot of potential for these things to grow. Uh, there is a lot of potential for the world uh, to come to Africa and uh, make some of these things uh, available for the African people. And even the African people have uh, the opportunity now to make uh, some of these applications and these things available. Uh, but my dream in all of this is, is to be able to create a platform where African young people, and to, to, to be specific in this, I'm looking at creating a platform of, for about 1 million African young people where they can come, and that's, you know, in, in its rough estimates and uh, we, uh, wildest dreams. So where these young people can be empowered to be able to create solutions for Africa, you know, uh, empowering them not only with the knowledge, but also with the resources they require. And looking at that is also in the widest dreams of now, uh, those 1 million young people controlling um, at least $54 million companies all across Africa, all across the 54, uh, 54 uh, uh, countries of Africa. Now looking at at least each of those people having at least a $1 million company in each country in Africa. And why I look at it like that is because I believe Africa is has so much potential, has so many opportunities that have been, been exploited. Because definitely, if the world is serious about solving problems, if entrepreneurs anywhere around the world are serious about solving problems, the problems are in Africa, you know? There's quite a lot that has, been, has not yet been done. And what I like about this one friend of mine uh, I talked to this morning mentioned something very wonderful, as he said, Africa will still have the chance to do things right, you know, because so many things haven't been done in Africa. So everything that has been done in the wrong way, everywhere else in the world, you know, we, we just have to learn from those things and not repeat the same mistakes. So the place to come to and do business and do discoveries and, and, do, uh, and create things that will change the world is Africa because there's a lot that has not yet been done. So my dream in all of this, to put it in the summary, is create a platform that gives the African young people the empowerment they need to create solutions for the African problem. And I know it's, it's quite big and ambiguous, but it's possible because there is, uh, there is need and the need can be met by all people around the world. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's one, one hell of a dream. Um, but I, yeah, I hope it, it sees, uh, fruition. Uh, I think that you're so, so right that there's a heck of a lot of opportunity to do things right in Africa. Um, and in Uganda too, more specifically, um, 
yeah, just from, uh, I mean, I think about the energy sector, yeah, anything and everything. Um, and, and like, yeah, the potential for uh, 3D printing f- to make uh, supply chains more resilient. Uh, and yeah, there's so much potential uh, across the board. Uh, with that being said, uh, how, how would you say, so I do agree that the, like it'd be awesome to create a platform for African people to create solutions for Africans. Um, what would you say though? Um, like sometimes it's, it's not necessarily possible, whether it be like financial constraints or, uh, knowledge constraints, like whether, um, they need more high-tech engineering skills or, or whatever it might be, or um, like, what would you say to somebody who might be uh, like from another country who is highly skilled in, in some area and, um, or is from outside of the, outside of Africa. So either from the, like the U S or Europe or wherever else, um, how, how would you say is like a, an appropriate way for them to uh, get involved in entrepreneurship? And uh, yeah, like what would you say to somebody who's, who's thinking about either investing in some of these ideas by African people or investing with their time and energy, right? Um, like what, what would you say to somebody of that ilk? Thank you so much. I think uh, right now, what, what, what I would say specifically is you, you're not doing the wrong thing. You're doing the right thing. If, if you're interested and you want to really invest and be a part of the African solution, you're doing the, the right thing. And, and, and I'll tell you, there is a lot of potential in Africa. One, Africa is the youngest continent in the world right now it's the youngest continent there's so many young people who are passionate about everything they want to do anything they want to do and who are really really resilient to make sure that africa catches up with the world and also not only catches up but also uh exposes what it has to the world you know so especially for example the, sto- the stories of africa you know, in film or in music or in many of these other things, in the talent, you know, all of that. So the needs are not even many in Africa that people need to intervene in. One of the most important things is the education system in Africa. You know, Africa, most of it was colonized and the education system hasn't been changed since the colonial times. So that, that needs to be you know, shifted in many ways. So the education system just needs to be changed, just needs to be upscaled, you know, to bring people. And personally, I, I believe education should be a platform. And I think that's what education is, but most times in Africa it's not. The education should be a platform that gives people guided opportunities. You know, it's a platform that gives people guided opportunities. To use their skills, to use their, you know, to use their talent and 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 explore and make the world a better place. That's what I believe, and I believe that's what education is. But most times here, 
It's about, you know, winning. It's about being the first in class. It's about having A's and, you know, so that has to be changed. That has, if anybody wants to solve and if anyone really desires to solve problems uh, and, and is an entrepreneur who sees opportunities and wants to invest in them, that's number one thing. And the, the second thing is exposure. The young people in Africa just need to be exposed to the world. The internet is a great tool that exposes the young people to the world, but the internet is very expensive in very many, in most parts of Africa. So for example, if Google is listening uh, to this, bring us internet and let it be free, you know, in Africa, and let it be available to the people in Africa so that you know, now the exposure can increase because the young people need to be exposed to what the world is doing elsewhere. Uh, so those are, for me, those are the most fundamental uh, interventions anyone who is interested uh, can do. And we, we have all these ideas on table. I've talked to you about the science on the wheels. That's one important thing where we have to take science to the schools, you know, because science is quite an important aspect. You know, technology and science is very, very important uh, aspect. Make a special for young kids. Uh, we're talking about those the other day. It's very crucial. We want to take those to the rural, remote areas. We are doing this with the computer training, system, uh, the idea that we have, the program that we have. So uh, those are the simple, the passion, the energy, the, you know, the love of what to change Africa is there among us, the young people. We just need a few interventions. And, and for the financial bit, once the passion is there, the finances, we are this world, the money has been here and the finances will always come through. Yes, it's a, it's a constraint, but it's not the biggest you know, need right now in Africa. It's exposure and the education that the young people that need. In, Absolutely. In Africa, in particular, yeah. That's super, super powerful. And I agree a thousand percent. Um, yeah, as far as, so we're about, about time here. Um, but I was curious if you could elaborate to, you said like science on wheels, like, what do you mean by that? And, uh, yeah, like what, what do you, what do you mean by these maker spaces? Like, how is that, how is that working in practice for you now? Thank you so much. Um, yes, we, we have this small computer program that we've been doing and um, it's been going well. It's very small. We just have like 20 pieces and uh, I took them to my, uh, my original district. I told you at the beginning where I was born, that's Chibali. It's a very remote area. So few schools there have computers, mm -hmm. for example, uh, so we just take these computers to schools and kids learn because kids don't even know how to turn on a computer in the 21st century. So there are still those kids like that. And that's so wrong right now. So we're trying to, to do that intervention. But the Science in the Wheels project, it's a bigger uh, uh, project which we have in mind and we think will develop as we go on is to create a, a platform where we take sciences to the schools, you know. Um, yes, get, get the laboratory on, 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 on the wheels and drive to this remote area and get the kids there to see uh, real practical laboratory tests 
being done. So many schools don't actually have a laboratory, you know, for example, to do biology practicals or, or chemistry. They, they don't have the either travel to another school and see something for exam purposes, but they don't study all these things. So that's the, the bigger picture is to see that we are able to take these sciences to, to the schools, working with uh, teachers of, of these science subjects, especially in urban areas who have really taught and have the experience in this. So to the rural schools, uh, computers, uh, same thing, uh, robotics, and that's also comes to the maker spaces. Actually, I'm, I'll be going to Kavale in Apple, and we are looking at starting one makerspace in Kavale for, for the kids around from eight to uh, about 15, where kids can come in and, and learn about, you know, uh, robotics, learn, learn about. Uh, these makerspaces, I've seen one in, 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 in Uganda, which is just in Kampala here, but in the rural areas, they're not there. I mean, because the time is running out, we have to catch up and people have to be exposed. And for me, that's the major, most important thing. So we're looking at setting up one in Kabale, uh, starting in airport around there, just a small one for starters, but to create the idea and know the curiosity for the young people to learn. So uh, just to, to tell you briefly about that, that's really the idea is to make sure that we have these spaces where young people from the young age and me, I'm just always, uh, it's, it's my daughter who is making, pushing me to do this thing. She does things, uh, put her, I put for her a computer in the house and she's exposed to this computer. She's doing amazing things that I don't even know how to do 3D modeling. And I'm like, okay, she's four and she's really doing amazing things with the computer. So these are some of the things that, are, 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 that people, the young kids are need in this country. She's, she's not alien, she's just Ugandan, but you know, she knows what to do. And I believe there's so many young kids down there in the rural areas that know uh, what to do, but they just need the tools. So that's, those are some yeah. of the things that I believe will eventually start the revolution that we are dreaming about, creating these million, a million African leaders in entrepreneurship and business moguls. And I mean, this, yeah. this should be the foundation. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Uh, and, and I think it's super admirable what you're doing. And I hope that this podcast does uh, some to uh, help promote and uh, get your ideas out there to the world and get more people interested in uh, Uganda and, and Africa more broadly. Uh, I, I think what you're talking about, about the, the science uh, on, on wheels is a, a nice segue into just, uh, I mean, the point of this podcast, common science is to, uh, that science is firstly important and that it's important to ask questions, experiment and learn about the world. And we are grateful that you tuned into this episode and we look forward to you turn, tuning into more and you can hit the, the subscribe button to get notified when more come out. You can uh, also subscribe to our email newsletter that's in the show notes, the link to that's in the show notes. Uh, and finally, you, you can support us uh, financially on, on patreon.com. And yeah, thank you very much. And we hope to see you next time.